Welcome to the Snapshot Testimony Podcast, Episode 70. I'm your host, Ali Domersant. This is a podcast that explores the pivotal moments that shape a life of faith in Christ. Now, this episode contains sensitive content that may be triggering for some people. My guest survived a workplace shooting in Chicago 45 years ago that killed four people, including the gunman. Wayne's story includes some of what he endured that day, as well as the mental health struggles he faced in the aftermath. But there's so much hope here that I know will resonate with anyone who's ever gone through trauma or just found themselves in a dark place. You'll hear proof that healing and peace are possible. Here's Wayne's story. Yeah, it was a normal work day. Um, I was just uh, taking a, a phone call about my car that had broken down. I went downstairs to my other my office to, to take care of that. And as I was coming up the stairs, I was ready to enter the second floor, which was like the design area, when I heard fireworks going off. And it was it was July, it was 1976, mm-hmm. so a while ago, but it was the 200th anniversary of the, the, the country. And so I just stopped because the fireworks seemed to be just on the other side of this door I was going to open. And that's when I heard Kathy say, oh, my God, he's got a real gun. Wow. And um, so I froze. You know, I was scared to death, didn't know what that meant. Um, Pop stopped, opened the door, and it was kind of a scene from hell. Mm. Sorry for the pause. It's okay. Um, So anyway, um, that was the last thing Kathy ever said. It saved my life. Hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it turned out that the fellow who did the shooting was a friend of mine and I was even on his hit list. What, how did you even begin to process? Yeah. So, um, it, it immediately after the shooting, I, I, I would, I mean, everybody was sent home, I think the first day and then it was like the end of the week and. And I think on the Monday or Tuesday, when everybody came back to work, we all met together in the conference room. There was about 65 people in the company, the studio, which, by the way, was directly across the street from Moody. Oh, wow. And um, uh, I remember we just, you know, holding on to each other, um, trying to trying to piece together who we thought was a regular person and how he could do something like that. And I remember we all said the Lord's prayer, you know, which was kind of interesting. Some people left the company. Um, Other people worked hard, harder. Um, I mean, obviously the entire company was in trauma. Yeah. Um, How many, how many people were lost that day? So four people were killed, including the um, the shooter who committed suicide, and then two other people were severely wounded, severely mm-hmm. wounded, one yeah. uh, paralyzed, um, and the rest of us were just emotionally scarred, heart scarred, mind yeah. scarred. Within a week or two of, of the shooting, a fellow at the a designer uh, had come to work and he said, oh, I... I'm born again, you know, I've, I've received Jesus as my savior and, you know, I'm fine, you know, and he was kind of a guy that no one really liked too much because he was kind of annoying and, 
this was not helping his persona at all. And he was telling everybody about how good it was to be saved. And he actually came into my office and shared the story of the gospel with me. And I did probably what everybody else did. I grabbed him by the shoulders, spun him around, pushed him out of my office and slid the door closed. And I, I have to say, as I did that, I thought to myself, what if I just pushed the answer out of my life? How would you describe where you were at in terms of your, did you have any type of faith, any type of religious, I'll use that in air quotes, background? Were you thinking about God at all in that season of your life? Yeah, I wasn't probably thinking about God at all in that season of my life, but I was raised a pretty devout Catholic. Okay. And had hung close enough to Catholicism that I, you know, I knew God was God. I knew Jesus was the Savior. I knew there was the Holy Spirit, you know. Um, he, uh, Jesus and God just seemed very distant. You okay. Know, not, not, not personal. So you had uh, some coming. sort of intellectual belief yeah. that, oh, oh yeah. yeah, this may be true, but no impact on your life. No, I, I mean, I, I, I can't think of, I mean, I wasn't a bad person. I wasn't a great person. <laughs> sure. Did that previous conversation come to your mind at all? Did you think about that guy who had shared the gospel with you? You know, he, he didn't stop. I mean, he was really persistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, his life really had a transformation. I mean, he really had a huge transformation. He was an older fella. And, um, I mean, you could really see it in him. Um, and then as, as the effects of the shooting impacted me emotionally, especially, and then physically, uh, and definitely spiritually, you know, I just found myself in a place that was growing darker and darker, more scary and scary. I was just, I was just really worried for my mental health. I thought I'd find myself on a park bench one day, not knowing who I was, just Mm. babbling. You know, I was just really afraid. So take me then through these next pivotal kind of two years. And obviously images in your mind that you will never forget. Was it, what was it? Was it the replaying? Was it the, how did I survive this? Why did I survive with, what did you wrestle with over those next two years? Yeah. So there were two things, maybe three things. One was how come that girl died and I lived who warned me? How could a friend do this to friends? Yeah. And then um, what other friends have that in their mind? Mm. So paranoia was really creeping around in the dark darkness and the shadows. Wow. So, um, The fellow was an electronic expert. I was worried my car would blow up, that the 10th time I sat down in a chair, it would blow up. I mean, Mm. you know, my mind just started fabricating all these crazy things. And they just, you know, they bled away from the over past the company to other people I knew and being in crowds. So, you know, even to this day, I mean, you know, I still suffer, I guess, what people would call PTSD. Sure. Looking back, where do you see God's hand in it? When did your thoughts, mind, heart start to turn toward him? Yeah. So, you know, it was, I would say probably maybe a year or so afterwards, 
um, seeing the trans transformation in this other person's life. And, you know, I mean, he, he wasn't like Pollyanna about it. I mean, he knew it was a disaster, but he was at peace. I mean, he could see that he was at peace. Um, Cause he had survived the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. had survived the same thing. He hadn't been quite as close to it, but again, you know, it's like, there's people who experience it firsthand. There's people who see it happen. There's people who know people that happen. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I mean, it just, it's, it just spreads. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I just got to a place where I was just very, very concerned. I hadn't been sleeping. And in fact, the, before I had my encounter with Jesus, I hadn't slept for five days. Wow. And um, I was self-medicating with alcohol when I went to parties um, I was angry. I was profane in my language. I mean, there was just things that were, that were not me that were becoming me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that, and that, yeah. that actually moved me, um, to being desperate enough to trying Jesus. I was at, um, home. My wife was a teacher. She taught on the West side of Chicago and she was always late. So I was home before her and and I was just, I just had gotten to a place where I was desperate. So I thought, you know what? I am going to ask Jesus for help. Wow. And um, I can't believe I'm so emotional about this. It's okay. It's funny. I've talked about this so many times. So I got down on my knees and I was like, God, you know, you know that I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. There's no argument about that. I definitely need a savior. I believe that Jesus died for sins. I said, but I have to apologize because I'm more worried about my mind than my soul. Hmm. Um, so I really need both. Yeah. Uh, healed, um, saved. Uh, and I began thinking about the holiness of God for some reason. And hmm. It scared me, and I got down on my face on the floor, and I, and I actually saw, or what I think my mind saw, was this huge void, this this vast darkness, and it was growing. It was it was God was on one side of it, and I was on the other side of it. We were just so different, so different, and it started frightening me because I, His holiness was frightening me, and the darkness was frightening me, and um, I. Uh, Toy inventors have way overactive imaginations. (laughs) (laughs) So, so anyway, my heart's beating, you know, and I'm like, I'm having a heart attack and, Mm. and I'm, this is supposed to be a good thing. I've got, I'm coming to you and what's happening. So I, I had had this obsessive compulsive thinking thing that was happening in me. So I thought that was it. So I tried to stop thinking about it. And it, oh, it scared me because I realized I wasn't thinking about it. the guy was showing me he was holy. Wow. <laughs> and uh, I thought that was it. I said, this is a weird way to get saved. And, um, and then all of a sudden the room just filled with a thickness, a thickness of Christ's love. And um, the darkness disappeared and God was not frightening anymore. And um, I knew I was loved. I knew I was forgiven. And um, then um, something really unusual happened. It was like there was a huge invisible boulder that was on top of me. Mm -hmm. And it got pushed off of me. 
and my whole body just like convulsed and relaxed. And, and I remember just having this huge gasp for air, like I was just coming up out of the depths of something. And I knew I was healed. <laughs> and everything disappeared and it was all gone. And that was it. It was the last time I ever experienced anything like that. Wow. Um, you know, my wife came home and I said, hey, as she used to be my savior, I think I'm better. You know, I slept like a baby after that. My anger tempered down, my drinking tempered down. Um, uh, my paranoia was, was essentially gone. I mean, it was incredible. You know, mm -hmm. it's just incredible. I went to work, told this guy that I gave my life to Christ and I had just been asked to be a partner at this company. And they called me in the office, the managing partner. He goes, hey, I heard you're religious. What's this going to mean? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I said, you know, it's, it's all still new. <laughs> I, I, he goes, I heard you're religious now. And I said, I guess. I mean, I, I had no idea what happened to me. I just like, it was like, I had never experienced anything like it before. Wow. So where do you go from there then? You don't. Yeah. So um, where I went from there, we started a Bible study at the company. Uh, and over the next 10 years, anywhere from a dozen to 14 people got saved. Oh, was it you and the guy who had initially? Yeah. Yeah. It was the two of us. <laughs> of all things, we said, hey, we're going to do a, a Bible study. Who wants to learn about the book of Revelation? <laughs> 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 and people came, you know, it oh, was man. Like, I mean, part of the story is that we didn't know. But while we were going through this, there were hundreds of students and faculty from Moody that were praying for us. Wow. You know, and, and that I didn't even find out until after I come to Christ and you know, I'd come across someone, they say, oh, I did in the toy business. Oh, yeah, there was this company. And I said, yeah, I was at that company. Oh, we prayed. And I said, well, here I am. I'm your answer. I got saved. This wealth of all these prayers that were prayed for us just flooded the company. And it, it transformed the company. It transformed me. I, you know, To my knowledge, none of the other partners maybe came to Christ that I'm aware of. A lot of us, a lot of conversation about Christ. Mm-hmm. A lot of decisions, really good decisions about the products we would work on and not work on. Um, wow. You know, there was just a huge impact uh, after that, a, a, this incredibly God impact after this real hell impact had happened. Yeah. Now, when you share your testimony or when you look back on your story and you see kind of how God was using, working through, does it make sense in your mind yet? Well, I think there's certainly things that have fallen in place that that appear um, not logical, but understandable. Sure. I mean, like what was meant for evil, God meant for good. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was there was a powerful impact and that has continued to go on in the lives of people. I know that from talking with some of them. Sure. Um, it transformed who I was. The question, what is this going to mean? Uh immediately connected my faith with work. And because uh, I realized, you know, that managing partner wasn't interested in, you know, reading the Bible or my going to church, he wanted to know what it was going to mean to him and his clients and my other partners and employees. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, so that's, that's what my last 12 years of life have been working with uh, men and women in the workplace. Wow. Uh, to transform their careers the way mine was transformed through a very difficult thing. Um, I get, but I don't get 
election. God chose me. I, there was nothing about me. He saved me. I don't understand mm -hmm. why. Um, I'm glad he did. I don't know. I mean, I have no idea about the people who died, what their eternal state was. You just hope that somewhere along the way something was said or um, I, I just don't know. You know, that, that remains a mystery. How does it feel sharing your story? I know different events come up that obviously can be triggering and bring the emotion back, but do you get joy sharing what God has done? You know, I, I, I um, sometimes I think about it uh, in terms of myself. You know, it's cathartic. You know, I don't ever want to forget any of it because it would be a denial of this horrific thing and the people who had to suffer with me or died. Um, and then there's times where, you know, like now, today, I always pray. I was like, Jesus, show yourself to the, to people who would listen to this. Yeah. Show show yourself to me again. Show yourself to Allie. I, I, I want them to see something about you that's, that, uh, that's rare. You know, that, that, um, that's born out of a pain, you know? Yeah. And give people hope. I mean, there's, there, my heart breaks every time I see a, another mother, another sister, another brother on the streets of Chicago, some other city, and they're going, my child was killed. I mean, how? They will never be the same. Um, it's horrible. The, the hope that I have when I see that is that they have someone around them that tells them that Jesus is more powerful than the tragedy. Jesus knows what murder is. Yeah. He knows what violence is. And he was able to step back through that one-way door and come back to life and say, this is over. I've dealt with it. It will be over forever. Come to me, all of you mm -hmm. who are weak, need help, who need to be carried. You know, if it could be about people getting a glimpse of that, and in their own way, reach out to him in the hope that won't disappoint. Snapshot Testimony is a Moody Radio podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, and now on YouTube. Just search Snapshot Testimony. I'm your host, Allie Domersant, and together we're sharing the moments that shape a life of faith in Christ. Thanks for listening.